Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. They say, well, what's wrong with God? Why does he allow this kind of thing? I'm never going to step back in church again, or the opposite. Wow, where did that loved one go? Man, I don't understand why that happened to him, but I need to find out answers to life. So when you open the Word of God, we get to know His character, what He's like. We know that bad things happen to good people. It's not because of God. It's because of the world we live in, the sin world that we live in. God never planned any of this disaster. Hard times and tragedies tend to cause one to reflect on life. Some people decide that they're going to be mad about what happened, while others begin to think more seriously about things like life, death, and what, if anything, is beyond. As Pastor Mark will be teaching today, events like these can cause people to want to know more about God. You'll learn more about the basics of prayer, what you do, how you do it, and what to say you'll discover that it's a lot simpler than some people make it out to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Ephesians chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Basics. So, if that's you, break the habit. Simply talk to God through Jesus, and you don't need to say in the name of Jesus 54 times, just once. It's through the name. We're talking to God as a, he just wants to talk with us in an everyday conversation. That's the way it should be. So whether you're in a disaster, in a car wreck, getting ready, you can see it coming. Some of us have been there. I remember calling out to God. I don't worry about the formula. You just call out to God. He knows. Now, what if I didn't use the name of Jesus? He knows. Relax. But when I have time, then I want to pray appropriately. Now, number two. Pray in God's will. Pray in God's will. Turn to 1 John. You're not far. 1 John chapter 5. When I pray, I need confidence that when I'm praying... God will answer. So 1 John chapter 5, almost to book of Revelation. If you've gone to Revelation, the only thing you left is in concordance, so move back this way. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence. In other words, I can have confidence. We have in approaching God. Now, how do I approach God? We already learned in whose name? Tell me. Name of Jesus. So this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Then if we ask anything, he hears us. Is that right? How many of you haven't got there yet? Come on, get there. 
Notice what I said. If we ask, that if we ask anything, he hears us. That's not the scripture. If we ask what? Anything according to whose will? No, God, I don't want your will. I want my will. Doesn't work. Anything according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, what's the next step? Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. I like to be able to pray in confidence, knowing that what I've asked is in the will of God, and that means in God's timing, it's going to be answered. Not only does he hear me, but he will answer prayers that are according to his will. So, then the next question comes to our mind, well, how do I know what his will is? Here's a biggie. The word of God helps us to determine the will of God. So, let's make this point to you. When I pray, often, especially in our quiet times in the morning or at night or whenever you do or whatever, have the Word of God there. Because that's the way He speaks to us. The Word. He's speaking to you and I. He's telling us how to be effective in our prayer life. How to get our prayers answered. How to have confidence. So, the overall general will of God is in here. This is called the Logos. The Logos Word of God. It's the general overall will of God. And as I study the Word, I get to know God, I get to know Him better, I can pray more effectively. You see, many people who aren't believers, or not Christians, wonderful people, they're just confused about life. When difficult things happen in their life, and we see this a lot at a funeral, people go one of two ways. They say, well, what's wrong with God? Why does he allow this kind of thing? I'm never going to step back in church again. Or the opposite. Wow, where did that loved one go? Man, I don't understand why that happened to him, but I need to find out answers to life. So when you open the word of God, we get to know his character, what he's like. We know that bad things happen to good people. It's not because of God. It's because of the world we live in, the sin world that we live in. God never planned any of this disaster. It's because man disobeyed the Word of God. So as I study the Word of God, I know His character. I already kind of know in the back of my mind how He's going to have me pray. Now with that Logos, God then can speak to me a Rhema Word of God. Rhema, R-H-E-M-A. Now what is Rhema? That takes the general will of God and it puts it right in a specific circumstance for me. That's what happened when I studied that morning, Isaiah chapter 54. God says, I'm going to expand your tents. This was all about the nation of Israel. This isn't about us. It was a prophecy, and of course, not a prophecy for even later after the tribulation and into the revelation time. But those words came right out into my heart. It was a rhema word. And I knew God was speaking to me, and I knew God was speaking to us as a church. So the general will of God became the specific will of God for me. That's what happens. That's how this church started. Many of you heard me say this. I was in a pastor's conference, and I'd been praying for five years, Linda and I had about coming to Melbourne and starting a church. But we were waiting for God's timing. We knew it was His will because He put it on His heart. 
we were praying, but we didn't have the green light. In that conference, Pastor Chuck said, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, let's go over the hill, see what God will do tomorrow. The word jumped off the page to me because I'd been praying for that for a significantly long time. And all of a sudden, in about six weeks, eight weeks, we started the church. It became a rhema word. It was in the will of God. At the pastor's conference, there was a questions and answer. And Bob Coy, down in Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, as you know, he's been there about 18 or 19 years now. He was in a funeral home when he started the church. Nothing was happening. He came by himself with another couple. They started the church. They were working. Nothing was taking place. It was slow growth. Nothing. I mean, it was like dead in the funeral home, as you can imagine. Church just wasn't going. Nothing was happening. He got discouraged. And he's driving I-95 down in Miami. And the thunder came out of the sky just like that. And it became a rhema word. Thank you for speaking to us, Father. (laughs) No. As he was driving, he turned to an AM station and Greg Laurie from Harvest, who has this huge church in California as a Calvary Chapel, and he just said this, you need to bloom where you're planted. Had nothing to, Bob Coy didn't even know him. Didn't even know he was on the station. And Bob Coy said, God just said to him, stay, things will change. You just stay. Doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. Well, today, 19,000 people Calvary Chapel of Fort Lauderdale. I guess the word took. He stayed. So see, as I'm going through the word of God, it comes rhema to me. Now it's not weird and you can't manipulate it. It's got to be God speaking to you, and it's got to be with his character. So the more I'm in the word of God, remember one thing, very important. The rhema word never changes the logos word. So you can't say, well, this is only for me. And I hear people say that in counseling quite often. They come in and say, you know, God told me I can divorce right here because it's absolutely important. It's going to happen in my life. And I said, well, does it meet the biblical criteria? Well, I don't care about that. God told me to divorce. Wrong. That's not a rhema word from God. That's a demonic word from Satan. So the more I'm into the word of God, his word never changes. And neat things take place to me and mine. Now, let me give you some homework. Look up Luke 24, 44 through 49. And you'll see the general will of God. This is about the disciples. Just before Jesus left, he gives them this frame a word for them he says go to jerusalem and you got to stay in jerusalem until you're filled with the baptism of the spirit don't leave so it was a specific word for them that doesn't fit for you and i today i don't have to wait to be baptized with the spirit today the spirit has come so we have to be careful as we apply those but the specific will of god is really that rhema word that comes from the disciples now How does the word of God become alive to us to help me to determine the will of God? It's through the spirit, which we told you in Ephesians. Look at Romans 8. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Now, when do I know not what to pray for? Sometimes I don't know in a situation what God really wants. I don't know what to pray for. 
So I say to God, I really, in this situation, don't know what to pray for. Now, when it comes to healing, and many people will debate this, whatever, but when it comes to healing, I pray for God to heal. And then I'll let him determine the will of God, because I know God can heal. He can heal through all kinds of ways, medicine and certainly uh, doctors and so forth. But obviously, he heals supernaturally, too. So I just pray that way. You see, when I'm going through a difficult trial, how would I normally want to pray? Uh, God, stop this now in the name of Jesus. Well, quite often God doesn't want to stop it now. He wants it to go on because it hasn't done its work in me yet. And so I have to say, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now that can include our prayer language or it can just be groaning. People that are difficult, they're struggling, it's a difficult time. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints, notice this, in accordance with God's will. Nothing wrong to say, God, I don't really know what to do here. Holy Spirit, help me pray. Then give me a piece about how it's going to work out, and I'll know it's you. You say, well, if I open myself up to the spirits, then Satan can come in and cause all kind of havoc in my life. Wrong. If I open myself up to God as a Christian, Satan has no right in my mind or in my life. So as long as I'm hooked to the word of God, staying to those principles, I can relax. You can relax tonight. Satan is not going to come in and take you over. He can't. Holy Spirit lives there. He's not going to come in. So, last thing you want to write, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray God's will and purpose. Remember, prayer is learned. Prayer is learned. The more we go, the more we learn how to pray. So, we all start somewhere, and this is the way it is. We are quite often perplexed. Sometimes I pray, and I know you pray. I really don't pray God's will because I pray selfishly. Here's another way we don't pray God's will. We pray way too small. You say, well, that can't be God's will. Well, hello. Expand your tents. He didn't say, I'm going to downsize the church. Here we go. We're not an airline. Hallelujah. He's going to expand us in our lives. Now, number three, important. We have to pray specifically. Lazy prayers are not effective. What do I mean by that? Here's a lazy prayer. God bless all the missionaries in the world. Amen. What is that? Bless all the little children that are hungry. Nice prayer. Not specific. So, the more specific, the more faith I have that God's going to do that. So, directed prayer. Also with that, how can I help myself make specific prayers? Well, not by praying for too many things at the same time. Then I won't be specific, I'll be general. Notice Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about everything, but in everything. That's specific. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Let me give an illustration. These prayer cards that we're out of, but we're ordering more thousands of them. They're coming in. They're very helpful, and they'll be in the bookstore. They're 20 cents each. All kinds of different ways to pray. They're very helpful to teach you and I. I found them very helpful myself in being specific. All right, here's some specific things. This is on this sheet for praying for your wives. We're out of those, but we'll have them shortly. That she will learn the word. By the way, most of these come from Psalm 119. I didn't take time to write that. That's very specific. Number two, that the word will be her counsel in all things. In other words, the decision she makes. See, I'm not good with this kind of thing. I'm not, a, I'm great at speaking and teaching, but I'm not a wordy guy. So when the books, people have to help me with the words and whatever. And some of you are very good prayers. Brian is a great prayer. When you, I'm around him thinking, how do you remember all those things? Well, he's good at that. So I have to work at that. Some of us are better in some things than others. These are specific. Number three, that she will have friends who follow the word. That's very specific. God bring godly friends into my wife's life. God, help her at Macy's. Praise God. By the way, this is a terrific one if you have children, specifically teenagers. You might even want to write it in your Bible. That she or they will stay far from evil paths so that she or they can obey the Word of God. That's a very specific prayer. And so, force yourself, instead of writing these general things, To be specific. Now, number four. Pray persistently. Persistently. Because of the world we live in, everything is instant. Instant messages, instant everything. And I never thought the day would ever come that we would see instant rice. I mean, China would drop dead if they saw instant rice. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, how long does it take to make rice? But we're instant. So when our prayers aren't answered, instantly we get impatient. When Jesus was in the garden that very night that he was taken off, the day before he was crucified, he prayed the same prayer three times. You'll hear people say, well, if you pray it once, you pray it more than once, it's not faith. That's bogus. He prayed the same prayer three times. The Apostle Paul, you remember the thorn in the flesh? How many times he prayed for God to remove it? Three. He stopped praying because what? I believe he got a rhema word from God. That's not going to be removed. You say, well, I wonder what it was. We've debated that for generations. What well, doesn't matter. God said, no, in your weakness will be your strength. Hang with it. So, in persistence, that means that I just keep praying until either God says no, or God assures me that it's going to take place. Now, during the many years, of course, being raised in a pastor's home, I've witnessed many people come to the Lord years and years and years and years and years after people have been praying for them. Wives, husbands, Friends, relatives. So maybe you're here and you've been praying for one of those categories and you're just frustrated and just about ready to give up. Don't give up. Just keep praying. Bring in before the throne of grace. 
Not too long ago, this came out, and I'm sure you're aware of it, but I think it's, it's a nice little acronym, PUSH. Pray until something happens. PUSH. In other words, God says no. God says wait. Or God says I've answered. It's going to happen. You don't need to pray about it more. It's going to come. Number five. Pray with fervency. James 5.16, the New King James says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervent means energetic, not cold and lifeless. So I think we have to be challenged in our prayers. Fervent prayer is, it's wholehearted. It's all of us. It's involved in it. And uh, when we're really hurting or backed into a corner, we know how to pray fervently. God knows that those times need to teach us that when we're not backed in a corner, still to pray with everything we have. Prayer is work, but it's a wonderful thing because God uses it in our lives. Number six, pray in faith. Pray in faith with expectation. Psalm 5.3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Now, do you know that prayer is omnipotent? Prayer can do anything God can do. That's what prayer is. It's praying to God. So prayer is omnipotent. It's huge. And the privilege we have and what we're seeing God do, restoring families and God just arranging the people at the certain places and whatever and put it off a week and here's all these people that come by, quote, accident at this week. And that's what I speak on. And you might be here and maybe you've given up on God or whatever. And you're thinking, well, here I am and this thing was on prayer. Hey, you're not here by accident. God loves you. And maybe you're going through a divorce, you're going through a difficult situation or whatever. See, prayer is omnipotent. Prayer is from the all-knowing God. Nothing happens in our life by accident. So when I watch God just orchestrate His Word, it's incredibly powerful to me. What is faith? Faith from Hebrews is simply this. Faith is the confidence that what God has promised will happen. So, why would I pray as an individual if I didn't believe God could hear or if I didn't believe God could answer my prayer? Why in the world would I pray? And that's a challenge. Because if you go to many of the eastern countries of the world, I've been there many times, Thailand, India, wherever, and you watch them pray to gods that look like these jars. I mean, they really mean it. But nothing is going to happen. And so when you pray, remember, we're praying to a God who's alive. And he's going to change us. And he's going to change the world. And he can do anything. He hears us. So have expectation. Put some fervency in it when you 
pray to God. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked about the bad habits that some people get into when they pray. You were reminded of the guidelines, not formulas, that the Bible shows you. You found out that God really intends prayer to be like talking to someone face-to-face or on the phone. You were also told about the heart attitude that you should have when you pray. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This concludes Pastor Mark's teaching on the basics of prayer. Next time, he'll get into some of the nuts and bolts of this activity in his teaching, Just Ask. The title kind of gives away the subject matter, which will be focusing on one of the reasons prayers aren't answered. They're never asked for in the first place. You'll learn about the how and why of asking God in prayer for things. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting